live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. We've all got like a million passwords and PIN numbers and all that. And anytime you do one of those, do you not, Eric, don't share that with anyone, right? Yeah, supposed to keep it secret. Supposed to say, it's supposed to be top secret, your PIN numbers and mm-hmm. codes. Yeah. <laughs> says very clearly, for your protection, do not give your secret code to anyone. Nothing funny about this one, though. A new system from the IRS is one more number to remember, but could protect your identity. Here's Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Putting your return under lock and key. I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Maybe you were affected by a security breach, or maybe you're just extra careful about putting your information out there. The IRS can help. The Identity Protection PIN, or IP PIN, is a six-digit code known only to the individual and the IRS. IRS spokesman Anthony Burke. Anyone now can get an IP PIN. You just go to irs.gov slash IP P-I-N. And then Burke says you'll use it to access your information on the IRS website or when dealing with an agent. Don't share it with anyone except a trusted tax provider. So, for instance, if you have to share with your tax provider, make sure you're going with somebody that you can trust. Your IP PIN is good for one year. In other words, if you want another one next year, you're going to need to apply for it. With today's tax tip, I'm Daria Albinger. ABC News. Tax tips are brought to you by the Neal Group for less stress with the IRS. Visit neilgroup.net, that's N-E-A-L group.net, for a free consultation. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to win the World Series. Well... Maybe not. Might write it down. Maybe not yet, <laughs> yet, but... We don't know who we're going to play, but we know but we're win. We already booked our ticket. But if this continues, they just might. Hit in the air to run and deep. Get up! Get up! Get up! Get up! Gone for Garrett Mitchell! They go back to back to back against Max Scherzer. Back to back to back with Bob Euchre on the call there as the Brewers rough up. Max Scherzer and defeat the New York Mets for a final of 9-0 to for their fourth straight victory. Wade Miley. races. <laughs> Wade Miley got the start and the win, throwing six shutout innings, which also became his 100th career victory. The Brewers go for the sweep today with Corbin Burns on the mound. First pitch is set for 1240. Over to the NBA with only four games to go in the regular season. The Bucks were looking to cast a spell on the Wizards. Over there in Washington, and thanks to a big night from the Greek freak, their plan worked to perfection. Giannis the other way, takes it coast to coast and plunges it down with a one-hand slam. Oh, Giannis, nobody runs the floor quite like the Greek freak, the NBA's leader in fast-break points per game. Dave Kane on the call over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee as the Bucks go to the nation's capital and snatch the victory 140-128 over the Wizards. And despite dropping a triple double, Giannis only had one thing on his mind following the game. We got to get better. Obviously, I believe that we are a good team. I think we have great potential, but we have to get better. We have to keep on building our chemistry. We have to keep on having fun with one another. We have to keep on building good habits throughout these three last games. And when the playoffs start from playoff game number one until wherever we end up, we got to keep on building good habits game by game. Next up for the Bucks is a home game tonight against the Chicago Bulls. 
over at Pfizer Forum. Tip-off is set for 6.30. And at 6.19, we have Storm Team meteorologist Craig Copleen joining us live next to talk about this line of storms moving into southeast Wisconsin. It's just west of Madison now and creeping to the northeast. will be affecting all of us at some point this morning. We'll talk live with Craig next. Just taking a peek at the radar, that line of storms now west of Madison, moving into southeast Wisconsin. And we have WTMJ meteorologist Craig Copleen with us live this morning. I was thinking of you, Craig, because you're a big baseball fan, and the Brewers had back-to-back-to-back home runs last night. And we are Mm -hmm. looking at back-to-back-to-back storms rolling through. (laughs) <laughs> Indeed, how 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 fun was that last night? How uh, what are we now? Nineteen to nothing over the Mets in two games. How about that? Um, so I don't know who we're going to play, but we're definitely going to the World Series. I, I imagine that. Right. I mean, that's yeah, book it right. <laughs> All right, what are you looking at here uh, with these storms? We did just pop that severe thunderstorm warning, which, as I said, has now expired. But I haven't seen National Weather Service issue anything additional. Is this band capable of producing more severe weather? Capable, yes. Likely, no. I'd stop. I'd stop short of saying that it's likely. Uh, the storms are packing a punch, no doubt about it. When they approach and move through any particular area, they are going to be heavy. They are going to be noisy, and there may be small pea size or or gravel size hail with some of them. I don't anticipate them strengthening a whole lot to lead us to larger, more damaging hail. But this is a this is a line of storms that's going to get everybody in southeast Wisconsin. It runs from all the way up around Fond du Lac, south to Mayville and Dodge County, further south into eastern Jefferson County, just about to move over to the Jefferson-Waukesha County line into Oconomowoc, and then further south down to near Elkhorn and into northern Illinois. So this is a uh, this is a nearly unbroken line of storms that over the next hour is going to sweep through and impact everybody in southeast Wisconsin. Is it basically the hail, Craig, or the, the strong wind gusts that's the, the bigger concern? Hail's the bigger concern. I, th- there may be some brief gusty winds with some of the stronger storms, but this is this is more of a hail producer or more of a hail concern. And even at that, as I said, I think we're going to get out of uh, we're out of the woods in terms of any real large damaging hail. That threat will stay south of the Wisconsin-Illinois border. Talking with WTMJ meteorologist Craig Copleen. Actually, another thing about this uh, system, Craig, is I'm seeing this on the old National Bank Talk and text line. FYI, it's lightning so much in Walworth County, I don't need headlights, and your radio show is all static. For that, I'd recommend checking in on the app. We can just stream it to you in be beautiful idea. HD quality. <laughs> yes. But as for the lightning, Craig... Yeah, I'm seeing a big, uh, uh, all kinds of lightning on the lightning detection system that I'm looking at right now. Not only in Jeff- uh, in Walworth County, but also in Jefferson County too. And this this line is moving due west to due east. So as it sweeps through the area, everybody, especially in Waukesha, eventually in Milwaukee counties, and then south of Racine and Kenosha, will more than likely get quite a lightning show here over the next, like I said, hour or so. And I mean no longer than an hour. This line of storms is flying like 55 to 60 miles per hour. So it is going to come and go quickly, and it should be out over the lake by or just shortly after 7 o'clock. 
So, you know, we're both born and raised in Wisconsin, Craig. We know it's not right of us to expect any sort of real spring ever. But (laughs) I am am on record as having said, I'll take the late spring, but I cannot if it's going to just be wet all spring. I am looking at the five-day here, and we've got sunshine Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Can we dry out here a little bit? Yeah, it does look like we're going to turn it around and get out of this wet pattern for a few days later this week. And with the sunshine is going to come warmer temperatures, uh, 50s and 60s maybe by this week. And if you want me, and I'll jump even further into next week, which of course, as we know, can't be terribly uh, exact or certain about forecasts, you know, uh, a week and a half in advance, but there are some indications that we're going to visit the 70s for the first time. There you next go. Week. Yeah, let's so go. Here, World, here we go. World yeah. Series and 70 degrees. All of it's coming together. <laughs> it's all looking up, boys. <laughs> WTMJ meteorologist Craig Copeland with us live this morning. Thank you, Craig. Always great to catch up. Anytime. My pleasure, guys. News, that's good stuff, right? I think golf season is, is happening now. <laughs> Officially good. Yes. You think I did the right thing, don't you? It's been 13 months since I've been on television. Okay, what right? are we talking you, about here? What ha- happened? You happy with me in here? Is it okay? Oh, oh that decision. Yes. <laughs> Yes, of course. I quit my TV job and came in here. Yeah. I, I'm happy. You're happy, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been 13 months. I'm at the gym yesterday, and a guy came up and he said, Hey, Vince Vetrano? I said, I, I, I am. He says, What happened to you? And I didn't, I said, What do you mean, what happened to me? Just, you worried about what, what, you, you, mean, what how happened? you look? Right, like, I just got a haircut. And I will admit, I don't wear fancy gym clothes. I look like a train wreck when I show up at the gym. <laughs> Things don't match. It's just. It's ugly. Sure, sure. So I'm thinking, like, I don't do I got something hanging off me? Oh, no. he goes, Did you retire? <laughs> no, I didn't. Just one day you so weren't I'm, on TV anymore. So right? I'm on the radio. He goes, What station? It's the same call letters. So, not that I expect everyone to follow the various career trajectories of Vince Vetrano, <laughs> but just it was interesting. Like, this guy had no idea what happened there. Hmm. So I watch all the time, which the, can't have been true. Had a little humble pie there. Well, the old... City watched all the time, but that certainly can't have been true because we spent about a month saying goodbye to Vinny over there, <laughs> which I was only slightly uncomfortable I'm with. I'm just glad you're getting a little taste of humility for a change. It's well, just... <laughs> and how's this for another taste? Then later in the night, I told you my wife works the polls. So she's up at the high school uh, until the polls closed. Which We're... is awesome, by the way. I yeah, cool. She, does she enjoys doing it, and I'm, I'm glad that, that she's able to do that. And she texted me. Uh, we live in Greendale, and she texted me. She said, hey, Charles Benson is here. You know, the news is here. Yeah. Charles Benson is here. And she knows, you know, we're friends with Charles. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I just text back. I said, you should go say hi. And she she said, well, it looks like he's about to go live with an exclamation point. I texted back. I said, well, television is very exciting, isn't it? <laughs> Jeez. Now I'm thinking, Ooh. maybe I better stop on up at the high school and make sure she's not all sidling up with old Charles there. <laughs> hey, Ooh. A TV reporter is here. (laughs) Well, I'm happy. 645 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. With only four games remaining in their regular season, the Bucks went into Washington and took care of the Wizards for the 141-28 victory. Giannis had 28 points. Drew Holiday added 26. And the Bucks secure their 57th win of the season. Their magic number now to clinch the number one seed 
sits at one. Milwaukee is back at it tonight against the Chicago Bulls at Pfizer Forum. Tip-off is set for 6.30. Over to the Diamond, where the Milwaukee Brewers belted five total home runs on their way of defeating the New York Mets for their fourth win in a row by a final score of 9-0. Barrel roll. <laughs> Barrel roll, indeed. The Brewers go for the sweep today with Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewer. First pitch is set for 12.40. Our coverage begins right here on WTMJ at 12.10. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. As you just heard, the NBA playoffs are nearing, and the race for the most valuable player award is all but over, it apparently seems like. And if you're like me, this race was never truly about the play on the court. Prior to this season, the NBA betting favorite to land the award was Luka Doncic over there in Dallas and Joel Embiid for the Philadelphia 76ers. That storyline was created in July, three months before the season even began. The NBA, their writers, and even some players had their mind chosen before anyone had a chance to play and step on a court and show what they had. And if you don't think that's a real thing, I challenge you to think about it again. For me, and sure, with a Bucks tattoo on my left forearm, I'm slightly biased here, but this is a race that really shouldn't be close. But before I get into the whys, I want you to ask yourself these simple questions regarding the MVP debate. Who is the best player in the world? Answer, Giannis. Who is the best two-way player in the world, offense and defense? Answer, Giannis. Who is leading the best team in the league with the best record for the top seed heading into the NBA playoffs? Answer, once again, is, well, you guessed it, Giannis. Do you see a trend here? Currently, Giannis is averaging a career-high 31.3 points per game, almost 12 rebounds, and just under six assists per game. While leading the Bucs, like I mentioned before, to the top record at the same time, his pal, the number 2 scorer for the team, Chris Middleton, has been out for a huge chunk of the season. The league has not seen a stat line, stat line like the one Giannis has shown since Wilt Chamberlain in 1956. So, you ask yourself, why is Giannis second and in some places third on MVP ballots? Well, storylines and voter fatigue, not necessarily his play on the court. He plays in Milwaukee. I, I hate doing this, but I, if Giannis played in a larger market, would things be different? Would he be leading the MVP ballot? I don't like to think like that, but sometimes you just it's just hard not to think about. But then you ask yourself, how can it be voter fatigue if Nikola Jokic, a guy over there in Denver who has won the award for two seasons in a row, who is averaging, keep in mind, less points than Giannis, same amount of rebounds, how can he be ahead of him in some cases? Make it make sense for me. It makes zero sense to me. Giannis is the league's best player. He is the most valuable player on both ends of the game, offense and defense, and this debate should not be close. At 6.53 on this Wednesday morning, day after the spring election in Wisconsin, Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate from 101.7 The Truth, is with us live. And you did not have a late night. You and John Mercure were doing the... Election wrap-up coverage last night, and we had the big race was called, what, before 9 o'clock? I had nothing to do. <laughs> I went home and went to bed. I mean, we left the studio at about 9.40, and it was weird because I came up with a theory. 
When someone runs and you don't want them to win, you take your time. When Donald Trump ran against Joe Biden, it took forever to count ballots that you know they're there, right? You should have been counting them already. Last night, 9 o'clock, poof, done. How? Because they wanted to. So, all right, we had fewer than <laughs> just processing what just happened here. We had fewer than two million votes cast. So it was certainly, if you're yep. comparing it to a presidential election, it was way fewer votes, way. and you had a huge margin. Yes. So they could call that race earlier, even without all the votes True. counted. True. You had a ten. I, I'm looking at ten or twelve points separated True. the two. True. But I find it interesting that the votes got counted early. Not later. Usually they wait till oh, the polls are closed. We'll start counting. Like, who does that? Why don't you start counting the day of, right? So it's it's a few. I believe it's a few shenanigans in there. But Do you think the, the Dan Canodal race for state Senate, so he ran, and it looks like he's going to win narrowly by a little bit more than 1,000 votes. Right. Uh, he'll beat the Democrat in the race for Alberta Darling's seat. Mm-hmm. Do you think that narrow victory – sends a red flag for the Republican Party. Do they have to look at that and be like, woof, because I don't think anyone... You mean again? Well, okay. yes, <laughs> yes, again. Yes, I think so. I think that they are putting up candidates that are not up to par, that are, that are not, there's no fire, there's no nothing. It's, it's, like, it's like putting up a dead noodle. I don't know if Daryl would have done any more. Because she wasn't exactly a you know firebrand herself, so where are we finding these people to run in the Republican Party? It's just weird. Well, I think what was interesting though, if you look at the state Supreme Court race, and it's it was a, it's, it was a race for the high court, unlike any I've ever seen, where you had one candidate in particular, Judge Protosewitz, who was way out on a limb. Whether or not she crossed an ethical line is debatable, but. If she didn't, she was right towing up to the line in terms of forecasting how she was going to rule very specifically on some cases that are going to come before the high court. And the voters said, I, I not only am fine with her doing that, mm-hmm. but I also liked her position and they put her in. And that's unfortunate because I don't want a judge that's going to not follow the rule of law. And if, you, if that is what she's going to do, I've lost respect for her because if Dan Kelly said the same thing and he alluded to some of those things, right? No respect. So there is the judicial ethics code, which would have to be reconciled. But I feel like voters, though, they are saying, like, no, I want to know. I want to know what I'm going to get out of this judge or that judge. So go ahead and tell me. Yeah. They, they clearly were fine with it. Maybe I'm just too old school. Right. Well, and there's a reason. There's a very good reason why yeah. the judicial code says you can't forecast how you're going to vote on right. things that are sure to come before your code. Well, but they also dumped how many millions of dollars from out of state into her campaign and set it for her. So either way, she won. It's unfortunate. How about... Uh, no, I mean both. Right? I mean both yeah, yeah. candidates. You seem tired it's a, today. It's unfortunate. <laughs> it's you just, were up, you're up super late. No, I'm just, I'm just sad that this this was a terrible... You know, nobody came out. Nobody voted. Look look at the, the um, District 1, David Bowen and Pratt. 17 votes. I was just going right. to ask you about that. Yeah, it's, it's like, Really? I don't get it. The good news, though, is that now we have aldermen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Actually, somebody's going to be on. <laughs> somebody's going to be on the common council now. Yeah. Look, a third isn't missing. Like, where is that? So, yeah, it's interesting. Our teammate from 101.7 The Truth, Dr. Ken Harris. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Six fifty-eight on Wisconsin. <laughs> I hope you have a good one. You seem crusty today.